another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And on this episode, we're going to be joined by our co-host and a special guest. We're going to be joined by our co-host, Steven Anderson of Project Spurs. And our special guest is going to be Rudy Campos Jr. of the Rated R Sportscast Podcast. So, Rudy, how are you doing, man? It's been a while since we've had you back on the Two Shots Podcast. Yeah, apparently I was... Uh suspended from the two shots podcast or something because <laughs> i i took denver to beat the spurs and of course that's a no-no but uh, i'm doing good i'm i'm glad to finally be back on the uh two shots podcast i want to see if uh the the new crowd that's been joining you lately has uh <laughs> can take me all in basically yeah not only that man but isn't didn't you make a bet what was what was the bet yeah unfortunately the spurs are ruining this whole thing for me but uh with my co-host geo for the uh, radar sportscast our bet is if if the spurs win the series i have to dress up in yoga pants and walk downtown uh or market square for a little bit and if the nuggets win geo has to wear i think it's short shorts and nothing else on and take a picture like that so you either get the uh the sasquatch look or you get the uh, the very the not so very big boy in little yoga pants look. So, damn. Yeah, it's not very very nice. What what <laughs> color have you chosen of uh, yoga pants to wear, Rudy? Um, I have basically I I haven't chosen a color yet, but the popular choice for me has been uh, light gray or pink. So. If you get pink, make sure you get like the teal, not the teal, but like the bright fluorescent pink color, kind of like, you know, pay homage yeah. to the Spurs retro colors. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, we might have to go with the gray because uh, the Spurs, you know, Spurs obviously have some gray in their their uniforms and their colors. So I just think, man, it's going to be a hot. It's always hot in San Antonio. Yeah, just wear the you black, know, dude. Just the wear the black. Su- I don't want to see your nalga sweat. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to see the sweat outline on my butt cheeks or anything. So yeah, that's that's gonna be some pretty big butt cheeks, dude. I gotta say. Oh boy. <laughs> Maybe we can get Rudy to do a little twerk dance or something at the end. Hey, now, now, you, now you're bringing no, in the viewers no. there. Yeah, now, I man. mean, if I have to do a dance, I I would do just about just about anything for viewers and for the fans. So. Um, Maybe we can get to put you a, put a wig on you. Maybe we can get a wig on you, bro. Uh, see, I'm not gonna go full trans or anything, so we're not doing anything. <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> oh, come on, man! It'll be all in good fun. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, but the video will be posted on Facebook Live. I'm sure on the Rated R Sportscast page. So we'll let you know when that when that drops because the way this series is going and the way Derek White has been playing. Um, now they're favored. The Spurs are favored uh, to get this series uh, win over uh, the Denver Nuggets. So we'll go ahead and dive in here and, and get a recap what happened in Game Three. Uh, and the weird thing is, is that we had predicted that Derek White was going to have a breakout game, and right before Game Three, we had did a podcast earlier in the day, and we released that or the day day prior to that, and then we released it. And I had said, you know, I expected Derek White to go off for more than 20 plus points in this game. He was going to be like his coming out party. And lo and behold, he was right on cue. And we we're saying, man, I think he might have listened to the pod, you know, <laughs> prior to the game. So that was, a, you know, they were calling me the Nostradamus. <laughs> Wesley was. Wesley's crazy, dude. Wesley couldn't be with us tonight because he's busy with family. But shout out to you, Wesley. He was a, 
a trooper. He was in there with the studio with me yesterday with Chris Duell on uh, WAI 1200 AM as we did Spurs React. And I got to say, the mood in the studio was outstanding, especially after a Spurs victory such as this. Because Michael the Butcher Bartlett was in a good mood, man. When the Spurs lose, Bartlett is not happy, dude. So this was a, a good win, and we had a lot of fun with it and got to, you know, talk with the viewers and all that. So it was a lot of, it was a good time. You know, thanks for, for inviting us out, out there again. Uh, Chris Duell was much appreciated. So uh, moving forward, uh, beyond what we saw out of Derek White, what did you think about the way that the Spurs played yesterday uh, in game three, Rudy? It was... I liked it in a small amount of way, and you know me, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sugarcoat a whole lot of stuff. Uh, you're seeing, yeah, the emergence of Derek White, which I, I've been praising him for a very long time, especially when he was drafted by the Spurs. I praised him. I actually like him, and I did like him a lot more than I did Dejounte Murray, uh, which is not a popular opinion. But overall, the, you know, you get the spurt from DeRozan in the third quarter which pretty much spelled Derek White. You know, he was able to take a little bit of breather in that third quarter. But where I'm seeing is it's the, I think it's a lack of focus is what I'm seeing, and I'm not liking it. Um, Denver is not a very experienced team when it comes to the playoffs. So you should be able, in other words, this game, this series should have been over in four, honestly, the way that the Spurs have been playing. They blew that lead in the second game. And then, uh, you know, then you've got like LaMarcus Aldridge. He's been doing okay. I haven't really been impressed by him so much. The only guy that's really been impressive is Derek White. Uh, their bench play, I mean, you guys, I don't know if you guys would agree with me so much on it, but their bench play has been average at best. You know, we're we're just seeing, you know, I, to me it's focus. They have lost focus uh, for this series. Uh, the only person that's even actually carrying is Derek White uh, for the series. But what the good thing is is that they're not getting Denver's best like they were in the regular season. Uh, Jamal Murray had a really good game in game two. He's the one that sparked the whole comeback. Uh, Jokic has been putting up, you know, good points, and uh, he's been putting up some decent, you know, overall stats. But they Denver hasn't really been the team that we've seen them in the regular season, and that's actually a benefit for the Spurs because if you get the same Denver team that was in the season, especially in the beginning of the season, there's no way the Spurs have a chance in this series. So I just think they need to focus a lot more on the defensive side, you know, clamp down because the game gets way too close and it's not a very good thing. The Spurs in a close game, I do not like that at all. Okay, well, you know, that's that was your opinion. So let's go ahead and switch over to Mr. Steven Anderson here of Project Spurs. What did you, what was your take on the game yesterday, Steven? Well, I mean, first off, I mean, like like Rudy was saying, I do agree that the bench play of the Spurs is was dis I'm not gonna say is disappointing me because that I mean that is true, but it's also concerning me the most along with their defense. Um, Derek White and Demar Derozan basically, you know, kind of saved the Spurs yesterday, and, and I mean that together because you take Derozan out of that game, put Derozan on the bench, and the Spurs, I don't think they win that game, for one. So. Um, the bench play is, is what concerns me. I, mean, I don't know if you guys remember back there in game all the way back when I say all the way back was like what last weekend in game one <laughs> where the Spurs kind of just you know com their bench completely blew the Nuggets bench out of the water in that opening game. And I Mike Malone, uh, who's Denver's coach, uh, said you know um, something along the lines of you know they got 
uh, Patty Mills, uh, Bellinelli, Rudy Gay. We got a bunch of G League guys for us. So in, in a way, he was really saying it's not really fair. He didn't really use that word, but he was kind of sensing it in that way. And ever since then, Denver's bench has out been performing the Spurs bench. Uh, last night's game, for example, Davis Bertans didn't even attempt a shot. Zero points, no shots taken. Patty Mills was 0 for, I believe it was 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 from the field. He didn't even score. So that that's concerning to me. Bellinelli had four points. I mean, uh, that's more concerning to me than the starters kind of, you know, not doing well. And the starters have really carried this team. Um, we saw uh, uh, L.A., struggle uh, as you guys have said throughout the series he has struggled but he did decent uh, last night 18 points 11 rebounds I'll, I'll take that from him every night uh, going forward I definitely will if Derek and DeMar can play like that every night I will take 18 and 11 from LaMarcus every single night for for the rest of the series but defensively is what worries me uh, more than the bench and I say this because we see the lineup and I, I was wondering if it's just maybe like it was just one of those games where the Spurs blew two 19-point leads in Denver. You know, we've, we've all seen, we saw with Golden State, they blew a 31-point lead. So it happens to everybody. But it happened again, uh, you know, on whatever, what, what, uh, Thursday. I can't remember what day it is. Thursday, uh, you know, the Spurs had an 11-point lead going in that second quarter. To start the second quarter, Denver goes on a 16-0 run and takes a five-point lead. And, I mean... That's more concerning to me. And even DeMar said it after the game. It's like, you know what? We lost our focus to start that second quarter. And then we got it back as the game went on. Um, guys, you, you go, both of y'all know as well as I do in the playoffs, you have to be focused for 48 minutes. Every single possession counts because at the if it's a close game, like you said, Rudy, I don't trust the Spurs in a close game. I mean, no. there's been games this season and I'm not even talking playoffs. I mean, there's been games this season where the Spurs were down four with about two minutes left, and it felt like they were down 30 because this team just has a trouble when they when they can't really score the ball or high-pressure situations. And I think, Rudy, I think you were the one who talked about this earlier a couple of podcasts ago where DeMar DeRozan doesn't have that history of being a clutch shooter or a clutch player in Toronto. And that's what worries me when we get to those clutch situations because more than likely, DeMar is going to get that shot over a guy like Derek White, over a guy like LaMarcus. DeMar should be taking that shot. And I don't, I don't know if I trust him to make those baskets in the clutch moments. Yeah, you know, I don't think a lot of people do at this juncture because his history tells us is that he's not a very good closer. I mean, DeMar is a great player in his own right. He's one of the better isolation players in the NBA. But if you look back on his history, especially when you're getting into the postseason, it's not very good. You know, besides uh, Kyle Lowry uh, doing his thing when he was in Toronto, uh, DeMar really didn't will his team to victory and move beyond, you know, what they what they had done uh, over there in Toronto, you know, going up against, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, that was their biggest hurdle. You know, they could never get past LeBron James for whatever reason, you know, even if they were up, you know, they, for whatever reason, just like kind of like the Spurs in crunch time, closing out games, they had their issues. And it all stemmed, I believe, from DeMar DeRozan. Maybe he can turn things around now that he's a spur. Um, maybe the mindset might, might be a little bit different, um, but I don't really see that trend uh, getting any better. I think he gets a little bit out of sorts in crunch time. I think he tries to do too many things, and with the ball in hand, 30 seconds on the clock, game tied, he's taking the last shot to either win the game or, you know, well, just going to overtime. 
uh, and he's taking that last shot, time expires. Uh, more than not, he's probably not going to make that that shot. I think what we're seeing right now is Derek White has become the closer in the postseason for the San Antonio Spurs. And I think that's a big surprise to a lot of people. But if you follow the Spurs closely like we do, and we've seen the, the rise of Derek White, even when he was part of the G League until now, it doesn't really come as a surprise to us. You know, this is something that was to be expected. So him having this type of game, and this is kind of like his coming out party, you know, hey, I'm here, I'm a good player, and now everybody in the in the league knows about it as well. It's much deserved. You know, he needs that respect. And can you only guys only imagine what's going to happen when we get a, De, you know, a DeJounte Murray healthy next season and we have him playing alongside a Derek White at the same time with DeMar and LaMarcus? That's that's kind of scary, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about it, that, that could be a really formidable uh, backcourt in the NBA, probably one of the better backcourts in the NBA. But only time will tell what happens next season. What are your thoughts on that, Steven? I mean, I like that idea. I mean, I mean, we know that Demar. I mean, excuse me, Lamarcus has another two years, two years, I believe, remaining on his contract. I don't see a situation where Rudy Gay or Demar leave San Antonio. And yeah, Dejounte Murray. I even tweeted this yesterday. Uh, you know, imagine Derek White, as good as he is right now, have a summer to get even better. Coming back with Dejounte, who I mean, we saw the guy Duncan in that in that Instagram video. He's ready to come back right now. I mean, it's going to be an amazing team to watch. And I mean, I I feel like this is the first time I feel like where the Spurs don't need to really make that many moves this off season. First of all, they don't have the cap space to do so. But even if they did, they don't really need to because they have a pretty good team as is right now. Just add a few pieces here and there. I will say this though, getting back real quickly to the bench play, the bench play of Bellinelli, Gay, uh. Alridge and uh, Dejounte. I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, Davis Bertans. That bench has given up the lead uh, to two separate leads. So that's what more concerns me. Uh, moving on, that's I need to make that point. But no, guys, uh, definitely a hundred percent. I agree with the with what you guys were saying. That's going to be a scary team next year. Yeah, you know, I got to point out one thing. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get with you, Rudy. I want your opinion about this. Patty Mills, for the for the lack of a better term, he he crapped the bed. You know, he hasn't been very efficient in this series. He's kind of been a little bit non-existent in the last two games, especially in this game three. He played a total of 17 minutes, 41 seconds, and had zero points. All he could muster was one rebound and one steal and one assist. And that was it. His plus minus on the night was minus 13. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. If Patty Mills isn't cutting it, maybe it's due to matchup uh, issues that that they're seeing that the Denver defense is throwing at the Spurs. Shouldn't we have Lonnie Walker get some run and see what this young athletic guard can do? Well, what's what's your opinion on that, Rudy? Well, I can see Patty's struggles. You know, obviously, with the stat line you just read from last night's game, and plus for game two, but. I'm going to say I'm going to pump the brakes on that. I understand Lonnie Walker is uh, more athletic than Patty Mills. I understand he's more of a slasher. He's more of a scorer. Uh, Not probably. He is a better defender than Patty Mills. But I need to pump the brakes on that because we're not talking about regular season. We're talking about playoff basketball. And honestly, I would rather have a veteran who's been there before on the floor struggling than a rookie who might buckle under pressure. And 
you know, I'm I'm saying that very very lightly because I don't know if Lonnie would bubble under pressure. But when you're when you're in a series like this where all the games seem to, you know, well not all the games, but the games are seeming to be, you know, pretty close for a while. You don't want to trust a rookie in there at this point. Give him some run every now and then. But overall, I want to take the veteran over the rookie in a sense that it's playoff time. You want to win now. You know, you want to try to get you want to get your best players out there. And yes, Patty's been struggling. I understand. But he's been there before. And the thing with Patty is that he shows up when he when his shot is knocking down. It's usually a hot streak that stays on for a few games. It's not one that, you know, is just for one game and he's cold for, you know, five or six games. No, he's struggling with the ball, but he's also not putting up a whole lot of shots either. So I think Pop's just using him uh, kind of just out there, like I said, to have the veteran experience. But no, I don't. I don't think you want to see Lonnie Walker out there just yet. This this Denver team, as young as they are, they're they have a lot of savvy behind them too. Their players are their players are very smart players. Let's be honest. Lonnie Walker doesn't have enough seasoning on him yet to be able to go out there and compete with a Harris or a Murray or anything like that. I think those guys would eat him up alive right now. So. To answer your question, no, I think Patty struggles. You know, I I get that he's struggling. He's not the only one on the bench that is struggling in the series. So I would just stick with, you know, I would stick with the veteran, you know, the veteran and Patty Mills. I think maybe what I would like to see more of is because I think in the last game, him and Rudy Gay were the only ones that had significant minutes outside of Bellinelli. Um, You know, in that case, I, I, I think, you know, just playing him is fine right now i don't have any issues with it but no don't give lonnie walker any minutes man i i like the one minute he played you know yesterday so uh stick with a veteran pop pop's gonna stick with the veterans no matter what anyway he's not gonna give the rookie his time right now all right well i respect your your analysis there rudy but in my opinion i just think you know if patty mills isn't cutting the mustard with zero points why not give lonnie walker some run put him in for a couple minutes see if you can get some production out of him and if he's doing good then roll with him you know and keep patty on the bench and just you know let mm-hmm. go with lonnie walker and kind of switch him out from time to time no doubt but if you're getting yeah. production out of lonnie I, I just think it might be something to look at if we're not getting any type of offensive production out of patty mills but same question to you steven should the spurs play lonnie if patty mills continues to to not give us any uh production on the offensive end I don't think so. I mean, I mean, like uh, Rudy was saying, I mean, I, I wouldn't try. There's a reason Pop doesn't play rookies, first of all. I mean, he has a history of not doing that. I mean, yes, I understand Tony Parker started uh, after when he in his rookie season after a few games. But and then, of course, we had Kawhi Leonard and Manu Ginobili. But other than that, I mean, Pop doesn't really have a history of going with, with rookies right off the bat. And I mean, I can understand why they got to grow in this league. They have to kind of just have that time to to get adapt to the speed of the game and everything that goes into it. And I don't think playoff time is that time for Lonnie Walker to figure that out. Um, obviously, he spent a year in the D, or I guess he was hurt, and then he spent some time in the G League, obviously. But I don't think it's time for him yet. I mean, next year, I do expect him to have a bigger role on this team. Obviously, we saw that with Derek White. We saw that with DeJounte Murray, Bryn Forbes. And I expect that also with Lonnie Walker next season. But I just don't think now is the right time. I mean, Patty, like you said, Rudy, Patty's been there before. He knows this 
the how the playoffs work. I mean, guys like Derek White and Brandon Forbes, who this is their uh, first playoff start for both of those, but they played in the playoffs before last season when the Spurs got eliminated in five games by Golden State. So these guys have been there before. They're not playoff virgins, so to speak. But I mean, you have a guy like Lonnie and a guy like Chessie Metu who are, and I, I don't think Pop would roll the dice there no matter how bad things get. Even, even if the Spurs were down 0-3 right now, I don't think he'll put Lonnie Walker in. I mean, that's just, I'm not going to say that's his stubbornness, but I think, I mean, I trust him more, you know, because he knows more than we do, obviously. He sees these guys on a regular basis than we do. But I mean, no, I, I don't think it's the right time. I will tell you, though, guys, who I do would like to see play is that new guy, uh, Dantes Montejunas, or however the heck you yeah. pronounce his name. I will not mind seeing him play. I mean, they get down him because, I mean, when uh, for, I think it was game two uh, where Ulrich and Jakob were both in foul trouble, and he stuck with uh, Davis Bertans. Uh, as, the, as the next big uh, uh, next to Rudy Gay and I mean you could bring this guy over from overseas uh, from re- what reports are saying he's going to go back to Europe anyway after this season is over why not give him some time out there I mean, he's a veteran in the NBA he's been in the playoffs he's been on NBA teams he knows how to play in the NBA why not give him some time out there I mean even if you want him to be the foul magnet to leave, leave the pressure off of uh, LA or, or Jakob <laughs> yeah you know it we haven't really seen him play too many minutes, and when he does play, you know, he's not a, a half-bad player. But we are in the postseason, you know, and like Rudy and you both said, Pop will just, you know, pretty much run with what has right. worked during the mm-hmm. regular season. He's a, a creature of habit, you know, and sometimes those habits, uh, he sticks with them. He doesn't really, uh, I guess, move too far away from that. So I think we're just going to probably see more of the same. No matter how much I would love to see me some Lonnie Walker on the court because I know he can probably put up more than zero points it you know pop realistically he's probably not gonna not gonna go with the young man unless the game is well in hand and you know there's a couple of minutes to play play in the fourth quarter and the Spurs are up by 30 you know and let's say there's two or three minutes left yeah I mean he might clear the bench and start giving some of these young guys some run but uh, I me I just personally want to see if he can do anything more than than what Patty Mills has done, because I mean zero points isn't going to cut it, especially when the Spurs are playing on the road. They need more production out of the bench, and I was surprised that the bench didn't play any better, uh, especially here at the AT and T Center. But we're going to start moving forward and looking towards Game Four that's coming up uh, on Saturday. So, what are the Spurs going to have to do, in you guys' opinion, to get a win here? Uh, at the AT&T Center on Friday because, let's face it, if it wasn't for the heroics of a Derek White going off for 36 points, the Spurs might have had some some issues. They might have fallen behind uh, by at least a double-digit lead because nobody beyond Derek White was really putting up any type of offensive production. Even in the first half of play, you know, DeMar and LaMarcus were kind of held in check a little bit by the Denver Nuggets defense. Their shots just weren't falling. They just didn't look comfortable out there, and they weren't in rhythm. You know, it wasn't until Derek White started going off in the third and fourth quarters, you know, that things started moving a little bit better for for DeMar and LaMarcus because now the focus was let's double and triple team Derek White. Derek Mm -hmm. White was passing the ball uh, to uh, DeMar DeRozan, knocking down open jump shots, being aggressive, going to the rim. Same thing with LaMarcus. You know, he was set underneath the rim in the paint. They were just dun- dumping the ball off to LaMarcus. He was getting his uh, easy points, and you know, in the in the paint. 
but moving forward, I mean, what do you think is going to happen now that the, the Denver Nuggets, no doubt, have Derek White on their radar? So what's going to have to change in game four for the Spurs to really go back to Denver up, you know, in this series, maybe three games to one? We'll go ahead and start with you, Rudy. Yeah, you know, obviously what the Spurs need to do uh, for game four, and this is clearly what I've been seeing is you obviously realize they're going to they're going to defend Derek quite a little bit different. They're probably going to start making they're probably gonna start playing off of him to where he's not driving to the lane and getting into the paint. Uh, they're probably going to want to make him use his jump shot to beat them. But what the Spurs need to concentrate on doing is you've got to get L.A. going. This is something you've got a 2-1 lead already over Denver. You're still going to have another game at home, which is game four. Use this game to get L.A. going. LaMarcus Aldridge, is his history of you know performances is fantastic when he gets going. You know, if he starts putting up, you know, the 25 and 10, 25, 11 games, you know, then you'll see it maybe a 30, 10 game, 30, 12 game, something like that. The key to the Spurs in this series right now, in my opinion, is still get LaMarcus Aldridge going. Uh, Jokic is not an elite defender. So if you have Jokic on L.A., L.A. has more of an offensive repertoire against Jokic's defense to where he can, he should, I'm not going to say he can, he should be able to dominate in the paint in this series. Denver doesn't have anybody that can guard L.A. I just think, you know, with Derek White's performance in the last game, you know, you kind of stuck with a hot hand. DeRozan got hot in the third quarter. You know, you need L.A. What they need to do is concentrate just getting L.A. the ball, let him do his work, let everybody else feed off of him, give him that confidence because let's be honest, Unless there's a total collapse, I don't expect the Spurs to lose this series. 77% of the time, the team that wins game three ends up winning the series anyway. So I think you need to start getting L.A. ready, uh, getting him going and getting him ready for that next round because uh, you're going to need him in every single round that you're going to make it to beyond this point. So, yeah, that's the key for, for this game four here. Get L.A. going. Get him get him his looks. You know, he only he shot 17 times. He was 8 for 17 in the last game that's right around 50%. So he wasn't shooting bad. I just think they need to get him to be a little more aggressive. Yeah, and I can agree with you on that. And, you know, you want to get one of your better uh, players going early. You know, I think if LaMarcus gets going, he, he's hitting his, you know, outside jump shot, getting his points in the paint, getting in rhythm early, getting to the free throw line. Um, all those things are going to play dividends for the Spurs and helping them, you know, win game number four here at the AT&T Center. So well, real quick, real quick, I'll yeah. cut you off. But with L.A. that I have loved in this series is he's been a beast on the boards, especially yeah. on the offensive boards. You know, his points are coming off of putbacks, you know, primarily. So I think if he can continue that play, it'll help him more. But, yeah, I, I'm really impressed. I didn't expect LaMarcus Aldridge to be that kind of rebounder. Yeah, you know, he, I guess he's just really stepped up in the postseason. Um, unfortunately, you know, in yesterday's game, he was only he only went to the free throw line uh, twice. You know, he he had or one, should I say, he had two free throw attempts and he made two of those. Uh, so most of his points came, you know, in the you know in the paint or you know doing a a, a jump shot, you know, from you know ten fifteen foot away. But you really want to get him going. I think he can feast 
on the Denver Nuggets, especially when they get mismatches and he can really put them to, to, to work, you know, and get maybe some of their better defenders in foul trouble early, uh, especially Plumlee. I think Plumlee has been one of the key players for the Denver Nuggets, especially when it comes to crashing the boards. He's been a guy that's been a thorn in the, in the Spurs side uh, during this series because Plumlee's another big body out there. They really don't have an answer for him. They can't box him out. He imposes his will on everyone. He's able to get into the paint with ease. He's able to get these little putbacks. He's able to, you know, tip the ball back out again to give the Nuggets another another shot at a at sinking down a bucket. He's just a, been a pain in the ass, you know, really. And I, the the Spurs just don't have an answer because they can't match up against somebody of you know Plumlee size because the Spurs are a little bit smaller in that regards. So that's one of the matchups that you're really going to have to keep an eye on, see what they can do to try to keep them out of the paint. And that way it's just like one and done, have the Spurs going down the court in the other end and hopefully execute on the offensive end. But what do you see as a key to victory, Stephen, uh, for the Spurs winning this uh, game four here at the AT&T Center? Well, I mean, key for them is, I think you're right, Rudy, getting LA on the offensive end is getting LA going and getting kind of like your role players going early. So, I mean, we saw DeMar explode for, I believe it was 19 in the third quarter uh, in game uh, three. And then he had a similar uh, performance in game two. I want to see him get going early as well as LA. LA first, kind of get that going, have the double team come over, get dish it out to DeMar, dish it out to Derek White, get some of those guys going early. Number two, defensively on the defensive end of the ball is where I think this team needs to, to really buckle down uh, two games in a row, we've seen Denver go on massive runs and San Antonio's defense really didn't know how to stop it until, I guess, late, later on. But by then it was too late in game two. Uh, and then obviously we saw game three, obviously for Derek White exploding the way he did. Who knows how game two would have gone. Defensively, they need to buckle down, get get on Murray, get on Will Barton, get on uh, you know Gary Harris. And of course, uh, Jokic got to get on him too. But I, would, what, I do wonder, would Pop actually turn Jokic into that guy where he does all the scoring and don't let anyone else beat you from the outside? I do wonder if Pop would actually try that strategy uh, going into game four because Apparently, guys, I don't know if you've seen this or not. I mean, I'm pretty sure you have that Denver is I'm thinking they're intimidated a little bit now. They're down 2 one. Um, Spurs have the home court. Derek White just exploded. And now you have uh, Michael Malone, who, like I said, is Denver's coach, saying uh, not only are the Spurs getting away with illegal screens, according to him, but also the Spurs need to I'm, I'm sorry, the Denver needs to, quote, teach Derek White a lesson. Uh, and kind of show him a little bit of something in game four. I don't know what that really comes across as. I mean, it could be just be him hyping up his guys, or it could be another Zaza situation that we saw a couple of years ago. And I'm hoping it's really the first one, just trying to hype up his guys. And I don't picture Michael Malone or Denver as a dirty player or dirty coach, anything like that. But I mean, ever since that Zaza thing happened, it's always in the back of my head that someone's going to try something. And I really would hope not. Um, cause you don't want to beat someone like that. But I mean, to me, Denver looks a little bit intimidated because not only are they young inexperienced, as we've all discussed, but I mean, you are leading, you're the number two seed and you could possibly lose this series to a seven seed if you don't win the next two games. And that's going to be a little bit disappointing after the season that they had. So, I mean, the Spurs really need to buckle down defensively because Denver is going to come out and they're going to try to tie this series up because they know if they go down three, one, it's basically over. Yeah, I don't know if you all saw this or not, but there was a, 
a play that's been shown on social media, particularly on on Twitter, where it shows Jakob Porto. I don't know if it was Murray or Harris. They were coming down the opposite end of the court. Jakob was uh, setting a screen, and he kind of put his foot out just a little bit more to, I don't know if it was Harris or, or Murray. He tripped them, and they yeah, got was mad. Murray. There we go. It was Murray then. He got mad, and he kind of, you know, came at Jakob and was, you know, getting in his face. You know, he didn't appreciate that. And maybe that's what, you know, uh, I think Denver is a little bit sore at because Denver's a very physical team. That's how they play defense. And in this series, it seems like the Spurs have taken a playbook out of the Denver Nuggets, uh, you know, out of the Denver Nuggets playbook, should I say. And they kind of switched this whole thing around on them where the Spurs have been the aggressors on the defensive end. They've been very physical with the Nuggets, you know, by really getting into them and bumping them and, and playing physical defense. And I think that's been a little bit intimidating and, and to the, the Nuggets and it's taken them a little, you know, by surprise, really, because they didn't expect the Spurs to play like that, given how they were playing on the road in the regular season. They figured that that was going to be the San Antonio Spurs team that was going to show up. And, you know, to their surprise, it has not. This has been a different type of team. So... I think that's probably what the coach is getting more perturbed at it than anything else is that the mental fortitude, the toughness of his team has been in question. So like you said, Stephen, he's doing anything he can to kind of give him an edge. But at this point, the pressure is all falling on the Denver Nuggets uh, shoulders. And uh, given their inexperience or lack thereof right now, especially in the postseason, I think that's going to come into play. I don't think this team is used to that or they weren't used or ready, should I say, for the intensity that is the NBA playoffs. You know, they did good during the regular season, but as we all know, that means absolutely nothing when we move into the postseason. So we, I look for the Spurs to actually keep doing what they're doing as far as being the aggressors on defense. And if they can start getting their better players in rhythm early, which, you know, Denver likes to disrupt that rhythm by double and triple teaming DeMar and LaMarcus, they, they're going to have to try to see how can they try to get the best three uh, players for the Spurs out of the game? When they focus their attention so much on DeMar, LaMarcus, and now Derek White, somebody else is going to have to be able to feast on that. And I think if the bench can come up big for the Spurs in this game four, that's going to open up the game that much more for the starters. You know, So I look for the bench to, to really answer the call and have a better showing than they did in games two and three. Uh, so I'm really expecting that the Spurs are going to fully be able to, again, have their way with the Nuggets and possibly blow them out again. I think if they can, uh, you know, get a lead on the Nuggets by 20 plus points early in the first half, it might kind of be deflating to them, you know, and they're, they're, they're a young team. And we've seen that, you know, especially in game two, unfortunately didn't go the Spurs way, but the Spurs, had two 19-point leads, and the Denver Nuggets team looked a little out of sorts. They were ready to fold in that game, too, but if it wasn't for the heroics of, uh, you know, Murray hitting some really, you know, difficult shots and catching fire, especially in the fourth quarter, the Spurs would have won that game. But the Spurs, again, they just didn't do enough with uh, things that they needed to do to close out the game. But I'm, I'm confident here at home, front of their home crowd, with everybody going crazy, that the Spurs will find a way to win this game, and I expect that the bench will have a big part to play in that. I think uh, Derek White, he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. He might have, you know, 10 or 15 points. 
but I think that DeMar and LaMarcus will each have 20-plus points in the game on Saturday. And I expect a better showing out of Patty Mills. If we can get more than zero points out of Patty, I think this uh, Spurs team is going to really uh, give the crowd something to cheer about. So that'll be something. I mean, don't you guys want to go honking down commerce already? I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And get some of that uh, free coffee from, what is that now? P- PQ quick, or whatever? <laughs> quick, quick trip, I think it is. Now, this is the thing. Our friend Jeff Garcia of News 4 San Antonio, he has an article out at the Spurs Zone, which you can see on the News 4 website and on Fox 29 as well. He has a listing of the McDonald's here in San Antonio that offer the free coffee since the Circle K that, you know, Circle K took over Valero. And unfortunately, now that Circle K brought out Valero, they no longer offer free coffee, which caused a big uproar here in San Antonio because us, you know, we're very traditional here and we like the free coffee. It was more than the free coffee. It was the getting the free coffee and talking about the Spurs victory with other Spurs fans at the corner store. Yes, we're, we're small town here in San Antonio, and that's what we like doing before we go to work and we start our day. We like to get the coffee, talk about the Spurs, have that camaraderie, then go about our way. Unfortunately, Circle K kind of did away with that tradition. But, you know, you can go to the News 4 website and look to see what McDonald's around town are offering free coffee after a Spurs win. I know Quick Trip has also stepped up to the plate. Now they offer um, free coffee after a Spurs win. That just came over the wire, I believe, earlier today. And also the Ansara Winton Chevrolet uh, dealerships. Our good friend April Ansara uh, let us know on Twitter that now any Ansara dealership in town offers free coffee at their service departments. So you can look for that as well. I mean, it's going to be on a Saturday game, so I don't know if they're open uh, on Sundays, but I know everybody else is, so that'll be something. I know I'm looking forward to my free coffee, and I might just hit up a quick trip. Or you know what? The McDonald's near my house is on that list, so I could go to the McDonald's and get me a free coffee. So I'll, I'll definitely be doing that. I don't know about you, you know guys. Where, where, where are you going to get your free coffees from? Well, you know what's funny is that Circle K basically they basically screwed themselves. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, man. What do you do when you go? What you go in to get your free coffee? Which you know I get that. You're gonna buy something else. I mean, yeah. Besides the you're free in a coffee, store, you're gonna get a little breakfast <coughs> snack or something. I mean, I know, I know, I'm a big guy, so I'm not gonna walk out with just free coffee. I'm gonna get me something <laughs> to eat too. So you get a bear you know, claw they, or donut or something. Exactly. I mean. They made a mistake by not doing this because you're like, I don't want the sales in the morning. We're fine with where we are. Man, you're going to add so much more sales to your morning shift that it's not even funny. So, I, unfortunately, I'm not a big coffee drinker. I do like it. Uh, I drink it from time to time. But if I had to get a free coffee, it'd probably be McDonald's. I'd go to a McDonald's and get the free coffee. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Same here. I mean, McDonald's is my place to get the free coffee. You know, not just that, but get a nice McGriddle with it. We're good to go. <laughs> oh, there you go. See, now you all are making me hungry. You can't be doing that to us big boys, man. Well, see, I haven't eaten to dinner, so I'm about to eat dinner in a little while here. No, there you go, man. Rudy's already feening, man. He's he's going to faint mm-hmm. on us if we don't let him go and get his, his dinner already. Steven. <laughs> no, I'll make I'll make it through the show. That's OK. I'm I'm eating air right now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Well, anyway, right before we go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots podcast, where can the people go and see all the stuff that you have coming out over at the Rated R Sportscast, Rudy? 
Yeah, we're on Facebook. It's the Rated R Sportscast. You can find myself and Coach Geo posting on there from time to time. Uh, we're on Twitter. It's at Rated underscore R Podcast. Uh, we are on Anchor. We've got, uh, we're actually going to have a new episode uh, hitting out today, which is kind of late, but uh, we're going to get another episode recorded tomorrow. So that'll be on Anchor coming up here pretty soon. And, you know, pretty much the show is, uh, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's an R-rated show that talks sports and everything else, not politics. But before I let Steven and you plug something, I did want to give a quick shout out to, uh, actually two quick shout outs. The first one, real quick, uh, to all you Spurs fans out there, I love you all to death, but I got into a couple of Twitter wars with a few Spurs homers, and they were saying that DeMar DeRozan is the real deal, but I got to remind you, our only beef with DeMar DeRozan is in the fourth quarter in closing time. So he can have a fantastic first three quarters. That's fine. It's the closing time. So go ahead and get off that DeMar DeRozan high horse for a second there. Also... (laughs) Quick shout out to Dan Hughes. I did see the news on Steven's uh, Twitter yeah. feed. Uh, definitely want to send out prayers from the Rated R Sportscast. Uh, prayers and thoughts are with you, Dan. Uh, it's never easy to get that kind of uh, news, but keep fighting the good fight and we'll fight next to you. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Rudy. And Steven, where can they see all the great work that you are doing with Project Spurs? Yeah, real quick, just want to add to Rudy to that. I mean, I I knew Dan, uh, and I still do keep in contact with him, even though the stars are no longer here. But when the stars were here, he was just the nicest guy to talk to, never turned on an interview, always was, even if the stars were bl- blown out that game, he always showed up, always was a class act 24-7. So Coach Hughes, uh, you know, wishing him the best, hope he, hope him and his family uh, beat this. And, uh, you know, F cancer. So to keep it clean, let's, let's just say that. But I mean, prayers up to Coach Hughes. But um, guys, you can follow me and everyone listening. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at the Stephen A underscore. That is Stephen with a PH and an underscore after the A. Stephen A underscore. You got Spurs playoffs. SAFC, which uh, Joe, you were not there. I have a bone to pick with you about that. <laughs> uh, SAFC rampage, all this, all this uh, San Antonio sports news. And uh, yeah, so come on uh, and check us out. Yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't make it to that game because for whatever reason, my family decided, well, my brother-in-laws decided to have both my niece's birthdays on the same day and kind of a last minute thing. So I had to go visit one of my favorite nieces who was turning 16. And then right after that, I had to go and visit my other niece who was turning seven years old. So I'm like, really, guys, y'all are going to do this to me today? And then, you know, of course, my nieces are both giving me the the puppy dog guys, you know. Oh, you're not going to come to my party? I'm like, really? So I had to put family first, unfortunately, that day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there'll be other opportunities, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So you can also catch us over at the Two Shots podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's all spelled out, T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S podcast. And you can also check us out at two, that's the number two, shotssa.com. And check out our new revamped website. And if you're a podcaster wanting to get into the industry, that's exactly where you you can uh, find all the information you need uh, to join up with the Two Shots Network. I mean, we offer a mentorship approach to podcasting where we like to bring in anybody who's interested in, in entering this industry. And we show you all the tips, the tricks, and everything you need to know to be successful and starting a podcast. We show you everything from 
what software you need to use to edit your audio, to how to get started and how to monetize your podcast from day one, even help you with distribution, you know, across all major platforms. And as Rudy can attest to this, Rudy, you've seen the benefits of being mm -hmm. part of the Two Shots uh, network family, have you not? Yeah, I have. And whatever, you know, what Joe is saying is very, very true. I I started off uh, in a uh, small, small little sports thing that we attempted to do podcasting and it was okay. It's never, it was never this great. So yeah, definitely. I am, I am living proof kind of like when they say, you know, I took this, this drink and lost 50 pounds. Well, I <laughs> believe in Joe Garcia and I gained knowledge of podcasting. So yeah, it's all true. And definitely if you are interested in joining uh, the two shots network, as far as podcasting goes, contact Joe Garcia. The man is a genius. He can definitely get you on the right direction and honestly, if anybody can do it, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I'm so tech, you know, dumb that it's not even funny. So there you go. You know, if you're interested in joining us, go to twoshotssa.com and you'll find everything you need to know to become part of our family. So for Steven Anderson and Rudy Campos Jr., I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. And like we always say, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out. Peace.